Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's for dinner? Looks like bread. He's chewing. Listeners, he's chewing. It's a chicken spanakata. Spanakopita? Whatever. (laughs) 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 Yeah, they've got like a Mediterranean chipotle here. Mediterranean. Oh, like a like a counter build your thing out move down. Build your own bowl. But then there's you can just Right. You got Panda Express, you got Chipotle, and now you got this can you yeah, what if you what if you went into a place like that that advertises mediterranean when you got in line it was still just chipotle <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like mediterranean <laughs> chipotle <laughs> oh cool mediterranean burrito cool. Hey, you know the guacamole is extra where am i <laughs> i would like to see <laughs> do you remember that commercial with the old guy for olive garden where the man is talking about how everything reminds him of italy <laughs> no i remember it was one. an olive garden commercial from like <laughs> like 20 years ago where like he's like it's like an italian grandpa is there with his family he's like just like the old country oh, no. garden. like yeah there's, you, you wouldn't see anything like that for chipotle ever <laughs> just like the old country whenever i wanted breadsticks my mom had to make them salads <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> made table side <laughs> out of paper out of stock there's friendly faces around the block break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs. Or Dundamip, then the people versus paper people. Dundamip, then the people versus paper people. Dundamip, then the people versus paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host, and I'm a breast cancer survivor, close personal friends with Nancy Pelosi, and Truman Capote and I slept with three of the same guys, Sean Roney. I'm Edwin James. When I was a little girl, I was terrified to fly, and now I have my own pilot's license. I am CEO of Sabre International, and I sell the best damn printers and all-in-one machines Korea can make. Pleased to meet you. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Well, how far has it gone? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't have a, I'm on the road again, uh, on the road again, and I don't have drops, but uh, that was my best, my best Joe Bennett voice. I guess it's kind of Southern a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, how far has <laughs> it gone? I, I can't, that's as good as I can do. Uh, you're, but yes. you're doing, uh, my you're doing this kind of Florida panhandle thing, but that's appropriate yeah. considering yeah. the character. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right from the panhandle. Mm-hmm. Well, every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. Uh, this week, our topic is Joe Bennett. Uh, after that, we'll head to the conference room for some ordinary things. 
but we'll open the show up with a, a quick check-in with the guys. How's it going, guys? What's going on? What's going on with you, Alex? Where's the drop? Where's the drop this week? Left it in... Well, I'm, I'm on the road, so uh, my wife and I had to, had a friend's wedding in Grand Rapids, Michigan last Saturday, and we have another wedding in, Den- in Colorado Springs, Colorado this upcoming weekend, and we figured, hey... Uh, Let's road trip. Let's drive from Michigan to Colorado. So I'm work. I'm I'm right currently in Salina, Kansas, which is very much. If just look at it on a map, and you're like, oh, there's nothing around there because there's nothing around here. Um, <laughs> but we've been having a great time. We're staying at uh, all like Ollie's themed hotels. A lot of them that have uh, jacuzzis in the room and all sorts of fun stuff. If you look up um. A pretty cool hotel tour on Instagram. They also have a website. My wife really likes them, so we're staying at a bunch of places that they have featured on their channel. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, you got yeah. a mirror on the ceiling. Yeah, there's a mirror. If you can see behind me, there's a mirror, <laughs> oh. mirror above the bed <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. And around the corner is a red heart-shaped jacuzzi in the bathroom, like a big old tub. <laughs> um, I heard so. this place was uh, featured in a spread on Americana. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, dude. That's kind of where we've been driving. We've been eating at diners like that. It's been it's been super fun. Um, nice. Anyway, so yeah, we've been all all three of us have been real busy. So yeah, we. I think speaking of weddings, though, we were all at a weekend at, at a at a wedding last weekend. Were we not? That's right. That's right. When you say Different all three weddings. of us, you mean the three of us hosts, not you, Ann, and some unnamed person. All of us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Edwin, but where yeah. were you at? I was in Portland this past weekend. Uh, neither, both of yeah, you guys were jealous. on the road. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was there for uh, the wedding of our good friend Spencer. So congrats to uh, Spencer. Uh, good good to congrats, be back Spencer. in Portland. We were at this uh, nice spot out in Salem. Beautiful sort of forest setting for the wedding it was really nice got to see some of our uh our mutual friends as well so uh, it was a really good weekend to be home nice Very man nice. i can't believe i can't believe edwin is in portland and we're not there <laughs> what a bummer stupid really we, we have we've quick, had all these quick. plans for like <laughs> we've had all these plans of like oh the next time we record together we'll do this the next time and it's like mm-hmm. will it ever happen i, I, don't know. I we're gonna sing a song next time we get together oh my god if, if uh if i right. if i have my druthers we gotta so, do yeah. uh yeah. <laughs> well, like, keep it a surprise. Keep it a surprise. Okay, um, okay. But Sean, uh, tell us about your weekend. I know uh, travel was uh, difficult for you, but well, I left Charlotte, North Carolina, on Thursday last week, uh, right as thunderstorms were rolling in. My f- one-way flight got canceled in the Nashville airport, which closes in the middle of the night. So I slept on the floor in the departures area. Uh, it was uh, it was a brutal leg of travel. Um, I was so excited to see my family though, and, and my cousin Tiff get married, um, and then and then I got really sick <laughs> on my way back. So uh, it wasn't COVID. Um, I'm already back at work. So, but I thought I thought for sure I got COVIDed. Uh, so, but knock on wood, uh, or I don't know. I still haven't gotten it. It's kind of weird. But uh, yeah, glad to be back in charlotte i guess home home sweet uh, hotel yeah. yeah we've just been flaming um, charlotte on this podcast for a couple weeks i'm not now. flaming i'm not flaming charlotte i'm not flaming charlotte i just miss my I home Portland. i know I and know. it sounds like you don't really it sounds like with the nature of your job you just don't really get to explore it i don't get to explore it i don't get to yeah, explore it Actually, sure. I, how about this i'll say something nice about charlotte right now 
beautiful parks. Beautiful parks. Oh, I went hiking nice. through Crowders. Uh, we, we, we've been scouting Crowders and uh, South Mountain recently. Mm. Absolutely gorgeous. They got some big boulders here. Big old boulders. Never <laughs> seen you, anything. Oh, never seen anything like it. You love boulders. Nice. I, love I, thought, I thought it was Mountainton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'm going to piggyback off you, Sean, because I didn't know much. I, I haven't been to the Midwest nearly at all. And I tell, let me tell you, fly, uh, driving down driving down along Lake Michigan through, uh, through Michigan, and then going through kind of northern Missouri, Illinois, and then this like eastern part of Kansas, way prettier than I thought it would be. I thought it was just be flat corn, but man, I mean, there's a lot of that. But this Kansas is like this kind of area is kind of beautiful, like a lot of a lot of rolling yeah. hills, lush forest, uh, and still corn. Missouri was Missouri was incredible. So many wineries. I didn't realize Missouri was like this, the original wine area of the United States, way 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 back when, <laughs> <laughs> long time ago. Long no, uh, before your bedtime. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Missouri Missouri wine, pretty good. A little hmm. sweet, pretty good. Hmm. Hmm. Nice. Well, there you have it. That's uh, that's what's been going on with all of us. Uh, but let's get into today's topic. Today, we're talking about Joe Bennett. Edwin? Yeah, adding to our uh, episodes that are character profiles, uh, we have the opportunity to talk about Joe today. Joe played by uh, the incomparable Kathy Bates. Um, yes, one of the most high-profile, I think, recurring actors to to come on the office, and yeah, uh, she plays such a unique character coming in uh, at season six with the Saber takeover of Dunder Mifflin uh, as David Wallace exits and mm-hmm. Joe and Saber come in, and uh, we get to see her interact with Michael. She's actually in less episodes than I kind of remember um, in preparing for this at the through the end of season six, a little bit in season seven, um, and then uh, just a couple of mentions in season eight, but she has a really strong presence on the show, a really strong presence on screen. Um, and yeah, let's, let's get into it. I was, I was yeah, going to say, a, a, a testament to her presence. She's in like, not much, but it feels like she's in all of season six and seven, but really she's not. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Joe, as you said, Edwin, uh, played by the great Kathy Bates, Kathleen Doyle Bates. Uh, some may recognize her from recent shows like American Horror Story, uh, she's an Academy Award winner for her role in the film uh, Primary Colors, which I, I'd never heard of that movie before. Um, You're more of a secondary <laughs> colors guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's received uh, tons of acting awards and nominations. Uh, maybe her most iconic role was uh, in Stephen King's Misery, which mm-hmm. um, I remember just seeing like a clip of that as a kid, and I was horrified by <laughs> by her. <laughs> she's terrifying in that movie. Yeah. Um, uh, Kathy Bates, she's she amazing. That's right. Yeah, she's like the new money woman in Titanic. Who's like <laughs> yeah. they're all making fun of her. She's like, oh, she's like new Texas oil money or something. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, I, 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 one surprising thing that I read about her was like I feel like a lot of great actors or even ones that we've mentioned on the show uh, that have guest starred before in the office. Like a lot of the times, like they'll have family members in show business and all that stuff. But uh, but Kathy Bates, born in Memphis, Tennessee, to a mechanical engineer and a homemaker, uh, she she made her own way. So uh, Very much like pretty, Joe Bennett. That's right. <laughs> I, um, I mean, in terms of guest stars on The Office, like, pedigree-wise, she's, she's the heaviest hitter, right? She's got to be the biggest. Like, I'm yeah, trying to think, like, maybe Jim Carrey next? Yeah. He, doesn't, a, he doesn't have an Academy of... What, does he? 
Does he have an Academy Award? I don't think he does. No. It, I mean, in terms of, I think, well, I guess it depends on what you think. But I mean, as far as yeah. dramatic actors go, um, she's certainly up there. And I think too, it's it's uh, important that she has such a large role and such a recurring role. She appears mm-hmm. in multiple seasons, um, as opposed to some of the other actors you you, you might have mentioned, like um, yeah. Jim Carrey only has one episode, uh, that kind of thing. Amy Adams, Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's, some, there's some big hitters, no, no, no cool. doubt. But I still feel like Kathy Bates is at the top. Of that Definitely. Kind of be. Uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, Joe Bennett. I mean, this is. I love this character. I think. Uh, I mean, obvi- uh, You know, Kathy Bates does an incredible job playing her, but I, it, it's. Um, she's uh, the way that she's written is is really fun. I think she's got a lot of very funny moments, and yet um, she's this very real believable person um she deals with michael scott in a totally different way than anyone else we've seen up until this point um and and after i guess for that matter too i mean is joe bennett the best um boss that is joe bennett the best person who's ever managed michael scott maybe in terms of handling michael probably but yeah like in terms of you have to, we also have to remember that she, uh, she she empowers Robert California. Yeah, he runs the company in the ground. And she has to liquidate it all. So um, she doesn't show, you know, she's not perfect through her run or mm-hmm. anything like that. But she does mm-hmm. demonstrate an ability to uh, to handle Michael. I mean, it's such a shock to the system. It's such a shock to the show when she enters in the middle of season six. Season six. It's kind of amazing, and this is not the topic of this podcast, but like all the things that happened in season six, when you think about the wedding, the delivery, the co-manager arc, Dunner Mifflin being sold, the clip show as a, as a break in between, and then Saber, um, which kind of continues through the rest of the season. Um, there's so much that happens in season six, but Joe and Gabe coming in with this new company, uh, Michael struggles uh, to adapt to mm-hmm. the, the new practices and stuff like that. Like she, they have to, they have to figure out how to work together and, it's 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 really impressive the way that uh, her character just kind of uh, she has such a strong character. She has such a like influence over the show um, in a way that feels competent and different at, while also yeah. being new. Yeah. yeah, I think I mean like interpersonally, it's like her and Billy Merchant do the best at dealing with Michael. Right? <laughs> There's like I don't think anyone else. She's so she just comes in and immediately sets boundaries, sets expectations, mm-hmm. um, calls Michael out, does all the things that David Wallace usually didn't do like david wallace would kind of just be like okay i'm gonna just not even pay attention to this because i don't want to uh and cat and kathy bates will just like look the problem in the eye and be like well that can't like even ha- them having the two managers is just she's just like we got two guys do it like right away like she's not even settled she's still meeting people shaking hands and she's like well we're mm-hmm. gonna do something about that that's that's crazy mm-hmm. you shouldn't have two guys doing one job um, and I, that's a great call out. And at the same time, when she calls them in to talk to them in the conference room, um, when she finishes the her deci- makes her decision, she just goes, "Go along, Jew." <laughs> like she just kind yep. of beckons them away, uh, which I which I, I really really love because uh, it just kind of shows like the power and influence that she has in that moment. Totally. You know, it's funny though. Also looking back at that moment, Jim and Michael did not do a good job of pitching their co management to Joe. No. They could have never done such once mentioned. Mention the whole reason for it, which is this branch is the side does it uh, the business of two branches. Yeah, and this right. this is this is uh alluded to a little bit in the show with, during the David Wallace uh, era, but not nearly enough, I think. But like 
part of the reason that they became co-managers in the first place is because the Buffalo branch closed, or not a, um, yeah, Buffalo branch closed in Company Picnic in season five. And that was one thing that like he had to, uh, you know, the idea was for Jim to take some of the workload off of Michael during that time. So they Jim, Jim comes in and tries to save it by saying, uh, well, Michael says we need two men where normally you might have one strong woman doing this job. And Jim yeah. tries to save it by saying Michael handles big picture. I handle day to day, but neither of those are good answers. Like they didn't allude to the fact that they've taken on this extra work from this, um, this branch that closed. So right. Joe immediately just, uh, just changes the whole dynamic and puts Jim back. Well, it, 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 a dynamic that ends with Jim back as a sale. Yeah. Puts, right. puts wants to push Jim in charge really. But, um, of course, that'll, she doesn't, that'll she doesn't care who does the job. I she really doesn't. She says, no, no. And, and and like oppose that to like the way Charles Minor kind of handles it, which I feel like Charles Minor vibe the whole time is sort of like none of you are really worth my time. I have to be here and I'm just here. I'm going to get the work done and get out of here. Yeah. Joe is a little I mean, Joe certainly has that feeling of like my time is valuable, but it's still worth her time to be there. And she's still like wants to be there to like get to know that branch and get to know those people. Oh, and, yeah. You know, ultimately, she's like. I love all these people once she gets to know them all. Yeah, I mean, she really wants to be there. She stays she stays late even. Late. Late. One thing one Where thing that's interesting oil? I think too is that who are the, you know, the supervisory figures that we have for Michael throughout the show are Jan, Ryan, David Wallace, Charles Minor. Um following that order uh and some that go back and forth between corporate about being in the office that kind of thing, but we see a bunch of different ways that can play out. And I think one thing that the show does that's really interesting is that it creates a lot of space between Michael and Joe really early. So in the St. Patrick's Day episode, when Michael is kind of cozying up to Joe, he's trying to book flights to uh, go down and uh, stay with her and eat some of the worst Chinese food you've ever had. Um, <laughs> Joe says to him, enough. Like, this ends yeah. now. Like, she she really cuts it off and uh, and doesn't really care. Like, that's... That's it. Like, she, and uh, that's Michael, her. Let me stop you right there and leave. Moment. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and then Michael comes back and says, "Like, I look forward to our professional relationship." And she says, "Michael, mm-hmm. I look forward to that too." And then from kind of then on out, she comes in only when she needs to, when she has to. She has Gabe as her corporate liaison, and Gabe mm-hmm. is the super corporate-y figure, um, kind of in that in that time. Um, but it it what it does is it puts up a wall between us expecting any kind of. Uh, relationship developing in a way that it did with like Jan or Ryan or David Wallace, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's go back to her, her introduction to the show, which I mean, she really gets kind of built up before she ever even walks through the door of Scranton branch. I mean, we see her on the, um, on the Sabre introduction video with Christian Slater. Yeah. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you have a taste of the rainbow. (laughs) <laughs> no, and, that's and, not it. Sorry, <laughs> that's Skittles. <laughs> on, it's I'll, something I'll like I drove. That. I Edwin's drove like six. Out. I, I drove like six hours. Have you today. ever tasted a rainbow at Saber? You will. You got it right. Oh, that's, is that it? Wow. <laughs> Working at Saber so means idle. taking on the challenge of the road that rises to meet you. Saber is respecting the past but opening a window to the future. Good. Good. Uh, I feel like Jan in that where I'm like I've driven something like 400 miles today so I'll just get, like, <laughs> drove a long way today a little fried uh, well then after we get the video uh, she's video conferencing with uh, Michael with, yeah. with Gabe 
Oh, and yeah, Michael yeah, yeah. is just like over, like on the other side of the laptop, and Gabe can like is kind of like looking at him, and uh, and she's like, is "Someone there, turn me around." <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah. and even as just a just a, a face on a screen, she is yeah. has a very commanding presence <laughs> right away. She has the power to literally reach through the screen, grab Michael for opening the door, and pull him back into the office for a talking yeah. to. Uh, and all she, she does is like she does that little like, "Hey." Like a little whistle at him. Buddy. It's so good. <laughs> Buddy. Yeah. yeah. Is this something I said? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gabe, honey, I love this. I love the sound of your voice, but I really need some new information now. It's <laughs> great. And then, yeah, I mean, I'm... even in that conversation, that interaction, she says, I would take until the end of the day. Like, she's not yes. afraid. I mean, she's absorbing this company that has been mismanaged. And, um, I mean, like like she said, the last time I saw a company as mismanaged as Dunder Mifflin, it was my grandson's snowball company. So you'll excuse me if I prefer that you all adapt to the way that we do things. So there's there's kind of this uh, – there's no room for Michael to uh, really maneuver and squirm uh, <clears throat> under this new um, uh, regime, I guess. Yeah. I'm thinking about – now I'm thinking of when Ryan is in search committee and he's like, I got away with a lot under the last place. Yes. <laughs> Lead me when I want to be led. Yeah. <laughs> and if I flake, I flake. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it feels with Joe coming in um, in this way. And then, um, yeah, she really exerts her presence all the way through St. Patrick's Day where, uh, mm -hmm. like you said, she works really late and Michael eventually asks to dismiss his employees. But yeah. Yeah, well, Michael kind of stands up to her in that moment. That's when that's when he earns uh, her respect. Uh, you know, he's very proud of the work they've done. <laughs> and uh, well, I mean, yeah, that is OK. I really like Joe Bennett, but I got to say in that moment when she's like, well, if you can, you know, put your name on this day and feel proud of it, then sure. Go ahead. Go home. I that like totally triggers me i feel like <laughs> i feel like if anyone else out there has had a boss like this it is oh. just like oh uh, 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 i'm sorry buddy yeah yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a little you know it's a little manipulative but uh I oh think that's what big she, time that's what she wants <laughs> in that moment is to be like michael i'm setting an expectation this high and i expect you to achieve that um whether or not he does really uh, remains to you know who, who knows but uh i don't know i mean michael eventually deals with it they do i don't know how much work they get done in those few extra hours uh as they're mainly just kind of glancing over their shoulder to see if she's still there and they mm -hmm. go to gabe for his advice on it and he's just immediately just like you, you, you never know like sometimes she'll be here for 12 hours sometimes she doesn't show up for three days <laughs> you know? and it's like that must be hard <laughs> for gabe you know i mean gabe comes in I mean, he's already groomed. He's part, already... Yeah, part of what makes Joe Bennett so great is she's just this foil to Gabe in every way. And like Zach Woods becomes a regular. But like what makes him so good is he's just on the far opposite spectrum from Joe Bennett as just this ineffectual, flimsy corporate, you know, cardboard cutout, basically. <laughs> like, for whereas, you know, Joe Bennett is a steely gaze, you know, firm fisted person. They're just so opposite. And putting him with the Great Danes and the crotch sniffing, it's just like this guy is the worst conduit for her ever. But it's just that's what she's working with. It's it's great. There's a there's this line when uh the it's right after the night crew comes in and they're all still there. 
and Joe is saying to Gabe, overnight my damn bag's home. I'm carrying nothing but my sable gloves. I've had it with Homeland Security, and I want you to put all those tracking numbers in my BlackBerry. Like, the way that he is attending to her, I was just thinking about this now. It reminds me a little bit of um, it's Gary in Veep, right? Um, mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. And also, um, the way that sometimes the way that Aaron interacts with Michael uh, and sometimes the way that Dwight interacts with Michael, that they have this mm. sort of attending sort of relationship. Dwight, not Ooh. so much as the show goes on, but but Aaron a little bit um, in the way that when Jim is manager for a little while, Aaron is bringing him ants on a log, trying to spin him on his chair, trying to fit all the toys <laughs> onto Michael's desk. Um, it's just it's just funny to compare. And then the way that Michael has Aaron come in and try to try to shave his face uh, when D'Angelo is there. Yeah. Shave my face. Mm-hmm. Don't. Shave my legs. Like Michael kind of wants to be that important. Uh yes. but he sees someone who actually carries themselves that way and has and is at that level in their business. But mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean the uh, next the next sort of thing that we see from Joe, I think, is uh when she comes in, I mean, we go from her kind of at that most powerful to a, a much more difficult situation during the whistleblower right. exploding printers sort of mini run that we get yeah. at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of Joe being intimidating, this is, I mean, she comes in screaming. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she is so, I mean, and like violently slaps the, uh, uh, what, the newspaper article on uh, on Pam's painting, which uh, Pam is offended by, of course. Yeah, great Um, look to the camera there by Pam. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. very similar look to when uh at the very beginning when when we uh at the, the saber arc when they have the box and michael goes scissor me and throws the scissors oh it's yeah the same face to the camera as that yeah <laughs> total shock disgust uh, but uh but yeah man i mean she wants blood she yeah wants- she's she's yeah she's out for revenge yeah uh, which is kind of uh, amazing that, you know, Michael is kind of able to talk her down from that and uh, without really giving her uh, a name, right? He doesn't, they, I think they don't really resolve. Joe never finds out who the whistleblower is, even though I guess it could be four or five different people. Do we even know who the real whistleblower is? I don't know. I mean, there are several. Yeah, that's what I mean. But like, who's story actually leaked you know what uh, i'm saying uh yeah who's I, I really to blame that's true probably andy yeah yeah um yeah as um, as garth I mean, or shadow says yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the snitch yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean they get they get and then what happens there she appeals to michael and michael is the one like the the show does a good job in this season of putting a few episodes of space in the Michael and Donna arc. Another thing that happens in this season, in between mm. kind of this introduction of Joe and then this exploding printer thing, and it it does allow for like the right space that Joe can kind of come in and be, um, you know, kind of um, I guess is vulnerable. She talks about uh, yeah. nobody wants no one want to play with my Barbie when she's on the plane with uh with Michael. Yeah. Um, mm. one of the best bloopers I think of the show. <laughs> Is when Kathy Bates says, "You ever play shuffleboard, Paul?" On the plane, <laughs> <laughs> and Steve grew up just said, "Paul." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like wonder if that's like maybe Paul Feig directed that episode or something like that. That's so funny because, like, I feel like there's a whole there's a whole supercut of bloopers where people say like the actor's name. Oh yeah, but she's not oh, even yeah. saying Steve. You come in rain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
or Paul but, Lieberstein, I guess. Well, the other thing is like the the dialogue in the show doesn't even refer to shuffleboard. You know what I mean? <laughs> she just <laughs> so it just makes you wonder. Um, that's great, but yeah, that's a that's also a great line when uh, Michael he he says that he has lunch with the chief of police. Yeah, as like yeah. <laughs> it's like she knows exactly what yeah, he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, and then it works out in that Michael is, uh, willing to step out in front of the cameras and, uh, make the apology. My favorite um, restaurant closed. Now my new favorite <laughs> restaurant sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, they, yeah, they kind of become buddies at, 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 after this, I guess. I mean, it's not that we see a lot of Joe after this, uh, it seems like, but, yeah. um, but we do get little tastes of her after this. I feel like, yeah, I feel like she becomes way more of a bit part. I mean, in search committee, uh, you know, she stops by uh, to kind of get a report on how things are going. She switches things up. She kicks Gabe off the committee and puts Kelly on because he's tall and weak and she's small and strong. I'm doing um, an opposite thing. Doing an opposite thing. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, we learned that Nellie is her close personal friend um, who, you know, Nellie seems insane. Well, and then that's how it ends. Right. Or or wait. No, sorry. D'Angelo's before search committee. Okay. So, yeah, there, there are so a couple let's beads. back it up. Yeah. So uh, you're not wrong, though. She does appear in search committee and she does, again, have a big presence and she makes a lot of like very like quick decisions. Uh, as far as uh, pointing those things. So what happens? Uh, Michael exits and uh, D'Angelo is brought in. D'Angelo, <laughs> he died. No, his brain died. So that that <laughs> happens. Um, but then Jim turns down the manager role because they've all been working well without a manager in place. And then they go to Dwight next. Uh, and Dwight has that scene where he calls Mose and he says, you'll never guess where I am right now. <laughs> and then <laughs> holding the heads. Yeah. Yeah, and then over the course of that episode, that's where Dwight fires the gun, and then Joe is there, and they're going to make him do all these things uh, so that they don't tell Joe, including massaging Kevin's back, which I feel like is a moment maybe we haven't talked about on the show, but just the way that Dwight has the physical comedy moment. Need it like a pizza, Um, (laughs) and then and then uh, Joe is eat eat it though. Oh yeah. Shooting is way shooting is worse. <laughs> uh, she does a really good job of cutting off Dwight too. Stop asking yourself easy questions so you sound like a genius. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Beaumont yeah. Adams is a girl's gun. Yeah, that makes it even <laughs> stupider. And then uh, she brings in Gabe and Jim and Toby into the room and says, "You three are my search committee," which sets up, um, you know, the next uh, the, the that entire run. But yeah. she also appoints Creed as interim manager because he has the most seniority. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, she's it, playing out of the corporate playbook there, you know, and she's yeah, she's making fast decisions because there's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, I've, you got. Yeah. I mean, bef- and before all this, bef- you know, D'Angelo Vickers, I mean, did, I don't know. Did, did you even mention like, you know, we learned the story of how oh, yeah. she picked <laughs> D'Angelo, that he was just homeless. <laughs> he had like five bucks and he was trying to decide whether or not to buy food or get drunk <laughs> and <laughs> and then he saves he saves her dog from a a, a dog napper i guess on the street give me that dog <laughs> that's not your dog <laughs> you feel that <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but uh, Joe Bennett just makes him manager of Scranton Branch. That's yeah. insane. She's like, a, is she's, this? I mean, you got to question her judgment a little bit. Then. A little many bit. times. Those yep. are two of her good friends, mm-hmm. are yeah. Nelly and D'Angelo. Yeah, what I mean, Nelly. Like, Nelly. You think tells... they ever hang out? <laughs> like man. the three of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I feel like Joe at work is very different than Joe, uh, you know, out on a Friday. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. for sure. I bet she I bet Nellie and D'Angelo are just wild. And (laughs) (laughs) and that's the kind of company she likes to keep. Um, I mean, but then as far as her role in the rest of the series, I mean, they're like, you know, in in the search committee, she's like, make this one count, and uh, she pulls Gabe off the search committee because she finds out uh, about what's going on with him and Andy and Aaron. You got too close mm-hmm. to these people. Um, find something else for you down in Florida. He's mm-hmm. like, it's it's a promotion. She says, it's not a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, that's the last we see of her. I think that's her last credit on IMDb at the very least. But at the end of the show, Free Family Fortress, or excuse me, at the end of season eight, Free Fam, Free. Family Portrait Studio. There you go. <laughs> um, say that five times fast. Um, as David FPS. Wallace, as David Wallace is purchasing the company and talks to Robert California, who's right there, he says that Joe Bennett's going to be liquidating a lot of the company. So, right, because um, Robert has kind of mismanaged it all. There's also an illusion that Robert makes. He says to Joe Bennett, "My boss." Yep. At another point, so she's in the background, but not as heavily involved. And I feel like they, the show does a really good job of keeping her. Um, in the show's kind of collective memory, but without having to put her on screen all the time. Well, I mean, even even in the uh, the Florida arc, right? Nellie says that you know she told Joe about her idea for Saber to have a store, and she grabbed me and said yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, so it, it, there is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They uh, she's she remains kind of there in the background. Um. I think but, it's pretty clear she follows her gut completely and yeah. she makes quick, quick decisions. That's true. And she trusts herself. And I think a lot of the time that pays off and a lot of the time it doesn't. And she sort of just like goes with it, whatever the consequences are of those of those gut decisions, which includes all of these things we've just talked about. And and really quick, let's not forget this is Robert California is the one who goes down to Tallahassee and convinces Joe to get yeah, to give yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So keep your teapot letter. I'd like to see that conversation. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Convinced it. Yeah, isn't that where Jim like says like Jim is explaining this to the camera and he kind of like yes. does this shift like yeah, to, like, uh-huh. looking at, right, directly at you the viewer to be yes, like did you emphasizing the text? Did you like, get what I just said? <laughs> Feel that energy? <laughs> Her job <laughs> yeah he talked her out and of her own job like yeah and it was like listen like you don't want to actually you don't want to be traveling around to regional offices like no like you just want to make the money fly your planes you know I, I i'm sure i mean bro i'm sure robert did an incredible job yeah it was probably weirdly sexual too he probably did something which who joe, knows, but joe was probably into oh oh <laughs> something happened something happened between those two Ooh. absolutely yes you know it that's yeah actually you're probably right i wonder a little bit one <laughs> thing that long pregnant pause I, hey, think about sorry that. no i'm thinking about something else i uh, yeah i've moved i've moved on um Oof. when 
Joe tells Dwight that he's not the manager anymore. He says, I love you, Dwight, but you're not right for this job. And I do think that Joe has a soft spot for Dwight. Dwight is, and then uh, later when jo- Dwight comes in as Jacques Souvenier, uh, she says, like, I like crazy. What would you have done if we had given you the job? He's like, I would have, you know, come into work every day and played the part and everything because he loves the branch so much. She says, mm-hmm. you're crazy, but I like a little crazy. And she says to the search committee, give Dwight a shot. So Dwight kind of falls into the Nelly D'Angelo yeah. Like she, she likes yeah. these people. She he, like, they may be strange or eccentric, but I or unique, <laughs> but like, they're kind of this like stable of people that she has to go with. So she likes their spirit. It's kind of surprising that she doesn't find something different for Dwight. I mean, I guess he does mm. technically go up for the VP role, um, during the Florida arc, but you know, when he goes down to Tallahassee and, and he's like summarily dismissed by Robert and Gabe and Stephanie, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it's surprising that there isn't, that Joe doesn't find something else for Dwight. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I do. I love <laughs> that uh, uh, scene where he's Jacques Souvenir and she's looking straight at him and she goes, where's Dwight? Get Dwight. <laughs> I want to ask him a question. <laughs> if he isn't in here in five seconds. <laughs> it's, it's a great it's a great play on her part. So, yeah. Uh, but, you know, like this goes back to her, her think about her very first impression of Dwight that she ever gets. It's when she makes that first meeting and everyone's standing and he's like, he's, and she's like, well, you don't, you don't stand for a lady. And Dwight's, you know, and Dwight's like, I'm not standing. I'm treating her the same way I would treat a man. Like I don't sit for him and I'm not going to stand for a woman. He's just, she's just like, I like that. <laughs> like, so right off the bat, she, yeah. she, he gets Joe's attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very consistent and she, she knows who she, she knows who he is. I think pretty well. Um, but you know, all the way down, but you know she she still has lines that can't be crossed, like shooting a gun in an office, <laughs> despite her being a gun collector and and getting that. Yeah, I feel yeah, I feel like you can really sense her disappointment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. When yes. when she says that. Well, and it's totally. funny, like you know, she thinks uh, when she's talking to Jim, like how did my girl Nelly do? Oh, she didn't mention it. integrity move. Shame about D'Angelo. I liked it. You like. And uh, I like you, Dwight, but you're not right for this. Like, she moves so quickly and makes these decisions so quickly. She's like, ah, that's a shame. Oh, okay. Like, she just kind of keeps moving mm-hmm. um, totally. as she makes all of these yeah. decisions as she's as she's rolling with the punches a little well, bit. It, right. Yeah, it totally makes you, makes you think, too, that, like, I mean, she's doing this all over whatever, the East Coast or something like that. Mm-hmm. She's doing this at five different branches. So she's like, right. and she's a corporate leader. Like, she has to delegate and, and trust. Like yeah. that's that's what that is, and so of course she's, she's just like dealing with the uh, factories to... in Korea, mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah, she has to let go of the reins, and so yeah, but it is it is how's she doing? I love where it's just like oh, I like yeah, yeah. like it's, she she has no anxiety about like I made a bad choice. She's right. just like oh, I didn't like the way that movie ended. Bummer. Well, let's do another one. <laughs> she like, does what you know. Well, and, and this is kind of the same thing, but like just the way that she kind of like acknowledges things that keeps things moving, like with her dialogue a lot of the time. Um, and and yeah. a lot of it is just kind of to propel things in the scene. Um, she's talking about the whistleblower and Kevin says something and she says, I don't think you do, Teddy Bear. Um, or when, <laughs> that uh, or when, so, yeah. or uh, Joe, there's books in my chair. <laughs> and then when Angela comes in, she says, chop, chop, little onion. <laughs> yeah. That's the best. Chop, chop, little onion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, it felt. It feels a lot like when uh, Isabel just like hits her on the head. Like whack, no, <laughs> whack. Even though, um, 
she's far from perfect in her decisions uh, throughout the show. It feels like she's very competent in the show. She's like yeah, trained totally. in that way. And I think that is a helpful presence to have, especially as David Wallace uh, exits, you know? I mean, yeah. You, and David all... Wallace is left sitting in his hot tub, simmering away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, David Wallace has made some really bad calls. He he hired Ryan uh, <laughs> and let Michael rehire him. <laughs> I mean, there's there's been, uh, you know, some real some some. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Joe might be the best. I mean, we didn't really ever get to know the CEO before Joe Bennett. Right. What's his name? I always Alan forget. Brand. Mm-hmm. Alan Brand. Yeah. We just met him briefly. Um, you yeah, at the shareholder meeting, at the shareholder meeting. Uh, but uh, didn't go well. but, you know, I mean, he's, you know, like like Oscar said, DMI stands for dummies, morons and idiots. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, I think Joe seems to have done a good job with uh, with. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dunder Milfin always seemed like a bit of an a somewhat of an archaic corporate culture. And I don't know how much Joe changed that. She moved it down to Tallahassee. She got, you know, Christian Slater to be in their video. People like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sell, I, you know, part of her and, and Saber is like, yeah, the show's attempt to be like, how much can we really have this being a show about a paper company that just doesn't track mm-hmm. with what's going on in the world? So let's do it. Let's switch to printers and electronics and, you know, whatever. that works fine, I guess. But, I mean, Joe's like, I mean, we learned that Joe's mother was a prison guard. Yeah, so oh, you yeah, got to imagine. Gotta tell, yeah, that's right. You got to imagine, like, think about being raised by that mother, who deals very sharply with hardened criminals on a daily basis. You know, like that's how she grew up. So she's very comfortable, I think, in that role of just like, that's not going to happen. This is how we're doing it. Goodbye. Yeah, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, that's the anestate check. That's the anestate <laughs> check. <laughs> <laughs> the way she says that delivers that line is so good. Yeah, that's the anus they check. Um, What's funny is that printers don't feel like if paper is obsolete, and that's like kind of the you know kind of through line a little bit for some of these scenes, like limitless paper yeah. in a paperless world. Then what are you going to do? And increasingly, you know, this challenging business climate and this move to it's actually one step away from paper. exactly paper. like how it's much like it still requires how necessary are your printers now. You often it's like yeah yeah. Yeah. You only you only need it every now and then and when you do you have to find a one that you could borrow or something like yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's funny how yeah. that But you still need one in the office. You still have to have a printer just in case. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, no you do. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, you yeah. guys. And, we you print, know, the reams of paper I print can so much paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Reams of paper. Giant rolls of paper. You even know what that's yeah. like? Rolls of paper? <laughs> I mean, I can imagine. <laughs> no you can't. <laughs> yeah like i've been to the butcher <laughs> they rip off those things from a roll been to kinko's uh, or uh, it's not kinko that doesn't exist anymore <laughs> like FedEx a fedex kinko's. store yeah. fedex yeah. kinko's yeah. uh well joe bennett any any final thoughts on joe bennett only that uh you know we talked a little bit about that scene on the plane but just like thinking about that scene and are you uh, gonna kill me <laughs> huh yeah <laughs> are you gonna kill me yeah yeah uh, <laughs> I have rights. <laughs> um, well, it's just like where Michael is, and, and and maybe this is more of a comment on Michael, but like Joe is like uh, try to you know try to try to see things from my perspective. She's you know she's really uh, in a tough spot. She's when I was growing up, there was nothing better than being a big old business tycoon. I thought I'd break the glass ceiling, be a hero to all those little girls. 
um, out there. I hate that I sell cheap printers. Uh, I do. Um, but I have to go out there in front of the press and make one of those public apology recalls. I mean, all I'll ever be remembered for. No one ever wants to play with my Barbie. So she's in this very low spot. And then Michael, too, she kind of appeals to Michael. Like, you don't seem like yourself. And, you know, he says, uh, like you said, my, uh, my favorite restaurant closed down. My new favorite restaurant sucks. I bought a video camera last year, and I was looking at the tapes, and there were only like 12 minutes that I felt like taping. It was mostly just birds in my condo, condo complex. <laughs> and I miss Holly. You know, after right, all of season yeah. six, after the co-manager, uh, Jim and Pam getting married, finally, this new company comes in and he's struggled under the, the regime. The whole thing with Donna, where uh, he chose, you know, the, the, the former. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's he's also really down. And together yeah. they help each other in a way that I think uh, is, is really unique and a really unique way to land and end the season. Um, yes. it is. By making the public apology, and then she, you know, in terms of making these these sporadic decisions, transferring Holly back when uh, when Toby yeah. goes away, um, it's funny how that all comes together. I mean, you could you can argue within the Office universe. I mean, that's her biggest her biggest move, her biggest contribution as a character is is relinking Michael and Holly, you know, um, and kind of fixing that that uh, that wound between them that that they're able to heal here. And like, I mean, I mean, even outside of them acquiring the company, it's like. What she does for Michael personally, just bringing Holly back. I mean, that's that's the whole show, you know. Mm-hmm. The the note that that you know, I hope your rough patch ends soon. Thanks, today helped. Well, give me a shot if I can brighten your life. Okay, hey, you could transfer Holly back from Nashua. Let me see what I can do. Like that, mm-hmm. that ending the season on that bright, hopeful, uncertain note uh, is 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 really really great. It's just uh, it's a great way to end the season. Yeah. Yes. Indeed. Last note on Joe. Just a great moment when she meets the office. I forgot to say <laughs> when Gabe's introducing everyone. Uh, this is accounting. Good looking group over here. Yeah. Meredith Palmer and Creed Bratton. Another couple of heartbreakers. Who's <laughs> the sun, sun tea? tea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just the shot of Meredith and Creed. And another couple of heartbreakers. <laughs> uh, there you have it, Joe Bennett. We're going to take a quick break and we'll meet up in the conference room. I don't know how things work in Florida. From your description, sounds like a colorful, lawless swamp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, what, oh man, what does she call Aaron when Aaron is sick? Sorry. Oh, she doesn't say anything. She, she says, uh, if you got a bug, I want you to go home. I can't have you getting Callie and Joe Jr. sick. These dogs have to be in a commercial with Dwight Howard next week. <laughs> Such a funny, yeah. funny thing. Because like he was playing for the Magic at the time, uh-huh. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it tracks. It's great. Because, Jim, where I'm from, there's two types of folks. Those that ate and those who are knee-high on a grasshopper. Which type ate you ate? Y'all come back now. Like he said, and she says to Michael, uh, was what I said not enough that you had to make up your own saying? <laughs> are we going to break now or did we all? <laughs> is that all? I we guess can go to break now. We can go to break so now. Sure, we'll go to break now. <laughs> Folks, school's out for summer. But if your business is running QuickBooks, you'll never get a break. You think when Joe Bennett took over Dunder Mifflin and turned it into Sabre and saw that they used to be using QuickBooks. Do you think she settled for that? No, 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 no. Joe Bennett, Joe Bennett's a net sweet woman. See, QuickBooks' manual processes, integration difficulties, and glitchy delays will leave you scrambling for the numbers you need. Failing to graduate to NetSuite will leave you stuck in summer school while your friends party, and you don't want that. That feels bad. Okay, I've been there. I've watched my friends party. I was a sad, sad man because I didn't have NetSuite. 
And NetSuite by Oracle is the world's number one cloud ERP, no matter how big your business grows. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. So automate your processes with NetSuite and close your books in no time. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control since graduating from QuickBooks to NetSuite. So right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program. So graduating has never been easier. Head to netsuite.com slash scott right now. That's special financing at netsuite.com slash scott. netsuite.com slash scott. Everyone, conference room now. All right, in the conference room this week, we're going to be talking about uh, an article that was uh, sent to us by a couple people or a story that was uh, told to us by a couple people from the New York Times uh, about a Swiss company where a number of people were injured while doing a hot coal walk, uh, something that Michael <laughs> is very familiar. I believe, shout out to, I think, Elise on Instagram and then our friend uh, Emily, who, uh, who told me about this um, over the weekend in Portland. But yeah, this is such a, this seems lifted directly out of the office. And, no you know, when you take a, a sacred cultural practice and try to use it for corporate team build, building, like how, what are the odds that that goes wrong? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so this article is specifically about this, like, there was like 25 people injured oh my in God. a coal walk in this, for this like Swiss company, uh, which to me is like 25. Like, did they all go at once? Do they just keep sending people and like. Did people not realize they were burned till later? I there's there's a lot of stuff that was left out of this, but mm. like twenty five people, that's a lot. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of people. That's wild. Yeah, uh, <laughs> for a coal walk. All right, my turn. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah, like, after the last guy is like getting carted off, like, like oh, I can't wait. Well, it's kind of like Pam going after Dwight a little bit. Get me yeah. the job. Get me the job. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like in beach games, like. There's like a service that Michael has hired who's setting up the coal walk. I, I wonder yeah. if, if such a thing even exists. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I I'm mean, sure. I, I, there has to be like the like like yeah. There's got to be companies that come out and like yeah, we can we can do that. I mean, like corporate leadership companies, retreats, uh, events like that is a whole sub industry of people who run like corporate events. And it's a, a lot of times it's the same people who run summer camps. I know this having worked at a lot of summer camps and you meet a lot of you meet a lot of people who come in and they're like I'm going to run the high ropes course at this summer camp or whatever. And you wonder, "Oh, what do they do when they're not at summer camps like through the winter?" It's like they do the same stuff but for corporate retreats. Yeah. Like they do trust falls, they do the ropes courses, they do icebreaker games, they do things like firewalks. So there's there's whole companies that just put on uh these and lead these types of activities and events i mean sean we worked at a summer camp together mm-hmm. and we had a high ropes course and there always was someone who came in who worked for a company they brought the gear they gave the safety talk and and same stuff yeah uh, you know guys I've ju- i just looked this up uh to pull up the article and i found because uh, this just happened this 25 people getting injured in switzerland but Another article came up from the Washington Post from 2016, where Tony Robbins <laughs> asked a bunch of people oh, yes. to walk across hot coals, and dozens were injured. Oh. Uh, it's ridiculous. And again, this is still like <laughs> after the office is off the air. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing. 
Uh, so, I, this, so they talk about Tony Robbins in this article. Um, this happened in 2012 and 2016. It's happened on oh, multiple God. occasions at Tony Robbins events. Um, and, God, and then so in 2017, problems. a year after, he's still talking. He says, the purpose of a firewalk, uh, uh, the purpose of a firewalk, <laughs> I can't do a good Tony no. Robbins, um, is just a great metaphor for taking things you once thought were difficult or impossible and showing how quickly you can change. And it's such like, there's such a culture of that corporate leadership and that like doing things to be, to be like, see, there's stuff you never thought you could do. It's like nothing I'm is sorry. impossible. <laughs> no, it's like it's so stupid. Like it's, it's just so not dumb. the same thing. Like the things people deal with internally is not the same as like overcoming. I think a fear of a coal walk. Well, just, I'm sure if Tony Robbins heard me said that, he'd do some mind trick on me, and I'd be up on stage weeping. You know, but yeah, like <laughs> I, it's just crazy that 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 like you you got to do a coal walk to realize that you're not actually afraid. Which is like when you're at a Tony Robbins conference and they're pumping the music and everyone's cheering for you. Oh yeah, you God. can do anything. You, you're not going to have that, you know, when you're home dealing with demons that you have you've had for years. It's just like I don't know. Well, like I, I could see why people would get hurt. Well, like and it's like I believe that Tony Robbins can walk across a coal walk. I could walk he's, across any coals. He's dedicated <laughs> his life to like, <laughs> you know spiritual awakening and all these other things but yeah. like me who just paid you know you know five thousand dollars to go to florida and go to one of his conferences no <laughs> like i'm not gonna be <laughs> yeah. able right. to do that um, by the way the documentary on netflix is yes called i am not your guru yes in which they let he lets cameras come in and film one of his seminars for the first time ever i cannot it's recommend it enough mm, it it's... is wild <laughs> it's so it is... weird I was simultaneously like in shock and awe and also so amazed at what I was seeing. Like, I can't even explain it. Go watch it. It's worth your time. Interesting. It's, it's wild. Oh, yeah. yeah you got to yeah. watch it, Edwin. Oh, Alex, boy. have you ever heard I, uh, Josh Rubin do his impression of Tony Robbins? It's amazing. Yes. That's yeah. I, what yeah. I was doing was an impression of Josh Rubin, <laughs> yeah. which is the sign of a very good impression is yeah. that that's actually what people are doing an impression mm -hmm. of. Uh, it's he does the perfect like yeah, yeah. the big mouth and <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> Check out Josh Rubin on Instagram for all of his impressions. The this is Jeff Daniels or Jeff um Brid uh Bridges. Jeff Bridges. His Jeff yeah. Bridges is maybe the greatest celebrity impression. Who Margarita Yeah, sorry, no no <laughs> just think about it too. Uh but yeah. One other thing for this is like do you think that there is a safety mittens equivalent for Cole Hawks? <laughs> <laughs> well, this article's so interesting because it's like there's the, they talk to someone who does these and has done a ton of cold walks, and he's like, it is true that the average person can do it, and they'll be totally fine. They might get a tiny little blister. Um, but the amount of variables that can go wrong if someone doesn't know yeah. what they're doing, and he's like, type of wood, how long Give you've me the, the job's been going for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, he's, and, and he says it's like, a lot of the corp people putting on the event or the whoever is representing the corporation will be like, it's all in your mind, this pain, and we're going to do this cold walk. And the guy's like, no, it's not. It's in it's my not feet. Your mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's in your feet. He's like, it's a very, there's a physical reason why you can do a cold walk, which is yeah. like the way that your skin and the coals both transfer heat. And if you do it quickly, you'll be okay. Uh, but, you know, I think people high up in corporate are, they drink a lot of their own Kool-Aid and it's sort of like, yeah, this will be fine. People can do it. And it's like, yeah, if you don't have the right person putting it on, you can, yeah. well, 25 people. The Michael Scott's the and the Elizabeth Holmeses exactly. and all, yeah, all these <laughs> nut jobs. For 
for a PSA, they say what happens a lot is uh, like where the where your feet go in, and what a lot of people do is a stroll run, or they hop, or they curl their toes when they start, and they put embers in between ah, their toes, and uh, that that causes them to seize up, and then they fall, and it's like oh. just don't. If you're gonna do a cold walk, just make sure whoever's putting it on, just man, just 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 do it right. Just mm-hmm. do it right. Well, we were gonna turn this around into an ordinary things where we relate oh, yeah. our own lives to the office. So what what do you guys have a story of a uh, of a corporate team build or any sort of team building um, event that uh, that you want to share? I can start. It's not. Please oh, do go. It's not. It's. I wish I had a good, like, really awkward one, um, but uh, but I actually like. I, we don't do a lot of team building in in film. Again, you know, I typically am on a project from like anywhere between two and five months, so we don't really even bother with that. Um, but but once I had a boss who bought us all an escape room, and. Uh, it was it was so much fun. I had such a blast, and I'm not an escape room guy. <laughs> That's uh, good. It was like in Portland. You, you don't. You wouldn't strike me as someone who no. would do an escape room. <laughs> no, no way. But you could. But at this particular one, you could bring you your like beer into games the room. And puzzles? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> well, I brought a lot of those. I brought a lot of those. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the guys are quoting the real Moe's from, from uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can check out our cousin Moe's episode if you know. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, there was an escape room in uh, Portland it was a it, it's gone now it was in a basement and you're like in some mobsters uh, oh, it did game it, room did it escape it's like the lost and found which has itself has been lost yeah, exactly, the escape but... room has escaped <laughs> Yeah. But like in we were doing documentary now season three and we had this episode that was like had Alf in it a lot like the the <laughs> like weird the alien. little alien like the old wow yeah and then we show up at this escape room which we were like I don't know it's like mobster themed or something like that and then like this whole running theme is like that the guy loves Alf and then <laughs> everything was Alf it'd be like a drawer would open and there'd be like a little Alf keychain and then like Alf would come up on the TV screen and like the, the mobsters just like, yeah it was just this weird little thing and then the guy came in the room at the end and was like. I've never seen a group who was so excited about the ALF stuff. <laughs> we were like, dude, you don't understand. <laughs> uh, <wow. laughs> so that was a, uh, is a very, but overall pure, you, had, you had a positive, you had a positive corporate, very positive uh, team building exercise. I wanted, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, my world is not corporate. It's the circus. You know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I work for a corporate circus. Yeah, right. Uh, so, uh, you know, so we we had a really good time. Nice. Alex, do you have one? Well, I, I also really haven't ever worked um, much in the corporate world adjacently. Certain, certainly, um, I've I've observed several of them, and I mean, a lot of it. A lot of it did come down to. Um, uh, I did work at a painting company once and we did have like a end of the year party that had some of that stuff. It was a little more of a like party rather than team building because it was a bunch of house painters who were just sort of by nature messed up from all the paint. They're constantly breathing. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so that was just a that was just wild. I mean, there was there that was more just like, hey, we brought in a dunk tank 
you know, and we brought in some like games that we played and it was, it was really fun. Um, the only other time was when in high school I was, I worked, I worked at a restaurant in Portland that catered a lot of events, including a corporate team building event. What restaurant was it? Can you tell us? No. Jopa. It was Jopa. It doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Okay. It was Jopa on Shoals on, uh, on, on Beaverton Hillsdale highway, uh, right next to anyway. Jopa. Joppa. It was it was a Italian. It was called that because the owner's name was Joe and Pat, and they just combined it like a, <laughs> like a PF Changs. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, like, Paul Fleming right. Chans Changs. That yeah. was it. Uh, but I was I was a server at a or I was one of the people walking around with like you know appetizers and stuff at a at a corporate event like that. Um, and I watched. Over the course of a night, one of these go south, which only which was because people got extremely, extremely drunk. Nice. And the place it was at, there was a pool. It was like a big house. Um, and they did they didn't do any big physical ones. They did a lot of like people in a circle, um, talking, telling stories, playing s- certain types of games. And I was kind of in and out, but it ended because like a lot of people started jumping in the pool with in various states of undress mm. and <laughs> it got weird. So this, this it's was not a our, party. If it doesn't was, do something that scares you. Yes. It, it kind of became wow. that at the end of the night. And I was like 15 years old and I, I saw a lot of stuff and it was <laughs> it definitely had the like 15 bottles of vodka. Yeah, that'll do it. I remember this because our bartender at the end of the night said this party went through 11 gallons of vodka in one night. <laughs> Whoa. 11 gallons 11 gallons Um, that's 22 bottles of vodka yes yes (laughs) yes it was insane um jesus and that was and that was yeah again that was nothing like a crazy activity that went wild it was just the whole party descended into drunken chaos in a way that it seemed like i don't know if the company was going to be okay after that party (laughs) um people didn't seem happy with other people but Mm -hmm. anyway how about you edwin so I, I mean, I've, I actually do kind of work in a corporate environment, and uh, like I think like many people, when you think about the idea of having to do team building exercises, you kind of uh, cringe a little bit. It's hard to get excited about something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've been really lucky though in that none of mine have been, none of mine have been, none of my team building experiences have been bad, and I've been fortunate to work on teams that where I like the people that I work with. So that's really mm-hmm. good. Um, I, I, I am thinking of. Um, you know, we had like this year end sort of celebration at the um, in December of last year, and like the we did a bunch of things throughout the day, but the first half of the day was volunteering. And I went to like this mission location where like we sorted toys, uh, and we found uh, and and then we sorted clothes and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. like you know, you don't I don't like you don't uh, I don't have kids or anything, so I don't see a lot of the toys that come out these days. But mm. so much of the toys that we were separating out, we would find like this really strange toys, really like off brand toys. Like I'm mm-hmm. thinking of one that was just uh uh. It was like a, it was kind of like a knockoff Playmobil Lego sort of thing, and it was just a picture of a tank, and it just said weaponry on the top. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I think I have a picture of it, so maybe I'll post it on social. That's but so like, it, it's it's like it seems like a joke almost. Um, yeah, yeah. Like it's so far away from what the thing that it's kind of knocking off, but it was just like it was such a funny experience because it was a lot of people that I had met because a lot of our team was new, so it was like our bonding experience was like finding really strange toys as we sorted them to be donated to kids and stuff. Um, you know, I don't, I don't mean to say that like 
you know, there weren't like, you know, good toys for the kids or anything. It was just like you would find really strange things in what was donated. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that was like, what a way to meet your coworkers, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's that's a great thing, though. That That's a way better version of a corporate team building thing is like going like volunteering together and like doing doing a task together like that. That sounds that sounds nice. Yeah, you just uh, yeah, it was a good way to kind of break the ice. You have something to do, you know that. Yeah, much better than a coal walk. Yeah, much no better doubt. than a coal walk. And 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 uh, well, th- well, there you have it. Uh, another episode of Michael Scott P- Podcast Company. <laughs> if you want to, you did uh, it, listener. You did it. <laughs> if you want to uh, get in touch with us, uh, maybe call us. Leave us a message. Drop us a line. 503-694-9314. Um, as we mentioned before, I think we're going to start doing a lot more voicemails. We couldn't this week just because Alex is on the road, but uh, but we've got some piling up and we want more. So call us. Uh, leave us a message. Also, another great way to get a hold of us is email mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. That's a great way to send us trivia, too, if you like. We're on Facebook and Instagram. We've got a website, michaelscottpod.com. Our store, uh, mspcstore.com, is only going to be open till the end of June. That's just another week, basically. Uh, after that, uh, we'll, we'll... I need to get me some T-shirts before we close That's up. That's right. Mugs, mostly, is is what we got up there. So if you want a mug with a character drawn by the great Ryan Lloyd, uh, go check that out. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash Michael Scott. Become a Scott's Tot. For Join five, us for five bucks a month. You can uh, be uh, you can be listening to ad free main feed episodes. You get a bonus mailbag episode every month where we just answer Patreon uh, questions. Uh, we have a uh, Ted Lasso season two podcast up there that's still available. Uh, some some episodes from the vault of uh, of uh, MSPC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go hours tra- and hours and hours and hours yeah. of more episodes just waiting for you for that's five dollars right. that's right maybe you've listened to everything that we've released and you're about to go on a big old road trip sign up get some yeah. some more mspc in your life uh we also make a, a a portion of those proceeds go to the third good marshall college fund uh so ve- very special thanks uh to our our scott's tots we love you guys so much thank you for supporting the show uh thank you to ryan lloyd who designs all of our artwork uh this episode was recorded over uh, video chat thank you for listening thanks for hanging out with us uh while we uh call in from different parts of the country uh to talk about the office i'm glad uh you guys can join us and uh, your listenership and support makes it all possible so um thanks for letting us continue to do this it's uh, it's so much fun even when uh you know we're, we're all over the place uh in the country and in our lives and uh yeah, it's just... i think this was our third or fourth rescheduling of this episode oh for sure <laughs> in, a, in the yeah. last week yeah. definitely definitely yeah. and yeah. uh yeah <laughs> just happens. thank you so much it, uh, it it means the world to us that we get to keep doing this and it's so much fun to do so uh thank you for everything um Take care. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Bippity poppity, give me the zoppity. Yes, sir. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.